Welcome to Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries, where we're recapping House of the Dragon. Season 1, Episode 2, The Rogue Prince. We open on a buffet-style meal enjoyed by crabs, put on by the self-proclaimed leader of the Free City's new alliance, the Crab Feeder. This buffet is a genuinely horrifying spread of decomposing bodies at the area known as the Stepstones. The Crab Feeder has been, well, feeding crabs with a diet primarily of pirates and other degenerates, which allowed King Viserys not to think twice about him. Lord Corlys, however, whose men and ships are directly in harm's way because of the Crab Feeder and the Free Cities Alliance, begs to be heard by the king and take the Stepstones by force. Though we are coming to find out just how much of a wet blanket the king really is. Seemingly incapable of making any quick decisions, or really any decisions at all. Although we are six months into Princess Rhaenyra being named heir to the throne, she is still serving wine at the table where the king and his council discuss business, and this crab feeder. Unfortunately taken from the world of nonfiction, Rhaenyra can't seem to find a way to be seen as more than just a young girl who also serves wine. To help get her out of the room, the king's hand, Otto, suggests that the princess find some other activity to get her out of the men's business. Good news for Rhaenyra, a king's guard just died and his spot needs filling. Like anything Rhaenyra does, she does it with purpose and thorough thought. Sir Harold presents a handful of knights, who we recall from the tournament. While much of the list have nice resumes, the only one with combat experience is our pretty boy, Sir Christian Cole, and the obvious choice for the new knight of the King's Guard. More than a great head of hair, I personally enjoy Sir Cole for his quick wit and ability to throw shade when necessary. From the King's Guard to the King's Bedroom, we see that King Viserys has found comfort in one person's presence since the brutal passing of his wife, Rhaenyra's best friend, and surely her same age, Alicent. Some middle-aged men love model airplanes or trains. This man, the king, however, makes models of his kingdom. It seems that over the last six months in this cultivation of friendship with the king, Alicent has been told story after story of the history of Westeros. And it is also clear that Rhaenyra is unaware of this um, friendship, and that's how King Viserys hopes it to stay. Though that doesn't stop him from using Alicent's influence on Rhaenyra to help his father-daughter relationship get repaired. Alicent, even though it may be out of reluctance, is turning out to be a pivotal confidant for both Rhaenyra and her father, exquisite in her timing of when to provide a shoulder, and finding just the right words to allow for subtle influence. Of course, Alicent and Rhaenyra have one other thing in common other than King Viserys. They have both lost their mothers, and are now children of single fathers. Speaking of single, it has become very clear that it is time for the king to find a new wife, and begin having more children. King Viserys makes it very obvious that he is not ready for this. And luckily, through the help of Alicent, he can now lean on both his hand Otto and his daughter Rhaenyra to unburden his feelings of disgust and reluctance. Lord Corlys, who is eager to help strengthen his position and his house whose foundation is by sea and built on fleets, and therefore threatened by the crab feeder, and no doubt help the king strengthen his image, of course, 
gives us a wonderful quote. To elude a storm, you can either sail into it or around it, but you must never await its coming. With this philosophy, Lord Corliss and his wife, Rainice, offer one solution. Their 12-year-old daughter, Lena, up for marriage to the king. Debating this idea, marriage to a 12-year-old, though as disgusting as it seems to Viserys, he has a difficult time weighing the political advantages and where it will help or hurt him. Much like a group of friends dissecting one woman's text to her ex, the king cannot make this decision alone. Perhaps because of all of this trouble in his mind, Viserys is still healing quite slowly from wounds he obtained on the throne. This time, it's a rotting pinky finger, and the only option is, you guessed it, maggots. They say that severe stress can lead your immune system to be overburdened, though I am curious what is actually going on here. No doubt it's a theme we've seen twice now. There's one man we haven't seen in this episode yet, Prince Damon, who six months ago took one of the dragons and flew to Dragonstone with a group of his city guards and his lover. The king's council is obviously irritated at this cry for attention, though the thing that finally pushes the king over the edge is word that Damon has stolen a dragon's egg for his pregnant lover. And not just any egg, either. The egg which was chosen for Prince Balin, our young prince who lived for a mere few hours. The king can't take this shit anymore, and hastily cries out that he will go to Dragonstone and drag Damon back himself. His hand, Otto, relieves him of this duty. Anything you can do, I can do better. I mean, your grace, it's for your own safety, your grace. I will go. Fueled by testosterone and the urge to prove something, Otto and a gaggle of men, honestly, I'm not sure what to call a small group of knights, so I just went with gaggle. They show up at Dragonstone. Ready for a fight, Otto's men pull out their swords in what can only be described as a let's go girls moment. Unfortunately, the girls must not go, since Damon has a big ass dragon on his side at his command. Ready to call it a day and go back home, when we see, from the distance, the clouds parting to reveal a regal Princess Rhaenyra riding on her dragon, Surax, ready and willing to fight. Disembarking her trusty dragon, Rhaenyra, the badass she is, comes face to face with Daemon. There is an incredibly strong bond between them, and after a few exchanged lines, and Rhaenyra reminding him that Dragonstone is actually her castle, Daemon throws her the egg and retreats. It seems this little girl, who only serves wine, is worth a hell of a lot more than those fuckers in the council think. Now, it's time for the only jaw-dropper of the episode. King Viserys grows a spine. Gathering his most important lords to the council's table, King Viserys makes a formal announcement that he is finally ready to take a wife. Of course, we do know that Viserys has been mulling over the potential idea of marrying Lady Lena, Lord Corliss's daughter, allowing him to join two powerful houses and gain a great political ally. And we see the anticipation amongst the faces at the table. Though, in the building of his spine, Viserys throws us one curveball and announces that he will wed Alicent. It seems more than just the men at the table are surprised and irritated because Rhaenyra suddenly realizes that she's lost a friend. 
I'll leave you with the scene as the episode also ends, with a fucking pissed off Lord Corliss planning the king's downfall and his own house's protection over a nice cozy fire with a surprising ally in the making, Prince Damon.